Uh, what's happening, y'all? This is Tony Hightower, and you are watching The Cute Chat. Get with it, man. Uh-huh. Kazmay. She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. Good queen. Thank you guys for joining another episode of the key chat today my special guest is mr tony hightower tony is a drummer and a jazz singer and he has a great mission right now his music is absolutely amazing i love talking to musicians so we're just going to talk about his journey with jazz and also we're going to dive in some different things regarding his perspective on taking care of ourselves and health so how are you doing today i'm doing great today it's a uh, beautiful morning i got up got a run in it's starting to cool off in Atlanta a little bit. Still warm, but it's cooling off. Um, and I'm ready for that because, you know, Atlanta can be hot, hot, hot. Yes, I know. Being in Louisiana, trust me. Oh, you, know. you definitely know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely in the oven over here. So, uh, I'm so excited to speak with you. And just you being a jazz musician, I watched one of your videos playing Earth, Wind & Fire, The oh. Element. And I love and I really did enjoy it. So how long have you been playing? I know as a drummer, how long have you been playing instruments? Is this something you started as a child? Yeah, um, I kind of, um, excuse me. Uh, I started relatively early because, you know, my mom was a, uh, was a, a, a singer. She did many different genres. My, my mom was a single mother. So she had me with her. She was performing with me in her belly. You know, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, she tells me a story like a, uh, people were, uh, some of her friends were scared she was going to have me uh, on stage. <laughs> she would be jumping around performing and stuff. So um, anyway, but as far as I'm concerned with music, yeah, I kind of started early. I mean, of course, she would have me out and once she could see that I liked to sing and perform, she would put me up and show off her son or whatever. And um, and then I had a couple skills. I could play drums and I started gigging. Um, my first professional gig was about 14. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I started that and, um, and I've been singing all my life though, pretty much. That's, that's, that's been what I've done as long as I can do anything. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So playing jazz, you know, and I know playing the drums, obviously there's so many directions I'm sure you could have went into as far as the genres of music. So what got you into jazz? Cause I've, like I said, I've listened to your music and it's very great. So what got you into jazz? Thank you. Well, um, it was actually um, a progression. You know, when I first got into the game, um, I was doing R&B. I was in an R&B group and I had a deal some years ago. And I came up through 
um, <clears throat> I was signed to a production company, uh, Organized Noise, you know, which you got Outkast, you got Goody Mob, you, you know, uh, all of the people that they have produced and whatnot. And um, we were, <clears throat> we were over there. That's how we got our uh, deal. They had a, we had a production deal with them. And then they had a deal with like uh, LaFace and Savvy Records. So a couple of artists went to LaFace and a couple of artists went to Savvy. We were one of the, uh, one of the groups that went to Savvy Records. Outcast Goody Mob went to LaFace 4.0, which was the group I was in. And then this other group, Parental Advisory, went to Savvy. So um, <clears throat> I came up, R&B, hip hop, you know, all of that. Um, and, um, but I guess being around different genres of music, hearing it all the time, my mom would play lots of different stuff. I mean, our, our uh, progression is very similar. My mom was a like rock, soul and funk singer. And then she kind of migrated and ended up being this renowned jazz and blues singer here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's kind of the same for me. Like I started off doing these other genres. I always had a love for jazz. And um, now I just, this is where my passion, excuse me, is. I, I kind of started this journey about six or seven years ago. Oh, wow. It's kind of a um, natural progression into it. But I, I still am inspired and I still love all the genres. This is just what I enjoy doing predominantly right now. Okay, okay. Who are some of your influences music-wise? I mean, obviously you had an in-house, you know, musical influence yeah. with your mother. But as far as like other artists, who do you think were some of your influences? Oh, man, so many. Okay, so yeah, I, and let me just say her name. My mom yeah. was uh, Theresa Hightower, you know, okay. great, uh, a great entertainer and, um, and uh, figure here in Atlanta. You know, I'm native of Atlanta, so, and uh, my mom was like one of the jazz staples here. <clears throat> and um, so that's the first one, but so many people inspired me, man. I, I, like from, uh, from Nat King Cole, as far as jazz, that was one of the first voices I listened to as far as jazz is, is concerned. Nat King Cole, you got the Frank Sinatras, but I, you know, like Marvin Gaye, um, <clears throat> Al Jarreau, let me see who else. So many people, uh, Charlie Wilson is one of my favorites. Um, and then you got, you know, you gotta love Stevie, Aretha, Donnie, you know, it's like a, and then, and so many other people like Sting, just, I like, I like so many different, um, genres of music and they all kind of like speak to you. I think anybody that's a, a musician, um, most times we like so many different things. So it's hard for me to narrow, um, my influences down. To, to just a few because I think I grabbed something from everybody. I was listening to something this morning on my run. I had I had some uh, hip hop stuff going on, and even down to like like different producers. I love you know um, uh, uh, the face Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, DJ Paul and Juicy J are some some really good producers to me. Uh, yeah. Of course, organized noise. You know, there's so many. It's, I have so many different people that influence me. So. I hope that answered. I know I gave a lot of people. I don't know. And it's funny that you mentioned Al Jarreau because when I was listening to your music, I picked up on an Al Jarreau vibe is what yeah. I 
he said to myself. So that was cool that you said the same thing. So I'm going to kind of go off track and ask you this question because I know, and I've asked this to other R&B singers I've had on the show, but I do want to ask you as well. And it's been a topic that's been heavy right now is about R&B music. Is it dying? So what is your opinion? Like I said, this is slightly off topic, but I know, and I've asked this question, so I got to give myself a little credit. I've been asking this question for about two years, but I know it's been heavy now asking about R&B music and is it dying? So what is your opinion on this? Because I know it's a whole wide range of answers whenever people talk about this subject. Um. So I'll give my honest opinion that that's one of the reasons I ended up doing making jazz my focus because I didn't like where I didn't like what I would have to do to be successful in R&B. I didn't really like the state of it. Um, I don't, you know, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> there's still so many people that are good and there's lots of great vocalists, but I, I have to agree with some of the people like the songwriting is kind of stagnant to me. Not that it has to be super intricate, but it's just redundant. We're just we're just recycling a lot of old hooks. Not there's no, there's less creativity, um, and uh, you know, it's a the feeling is different. Um, I miss, and it's not just it doesn't you know it, it's not just like the Stevie Wonders. Of course, we know that's great music, the Stevie Wonders and and the Donny Hathaways. Then we had the whole um, the whole era like that. Al B. Sure, that Jodeci stuff. That stuff felt <clears throat> different. It felt good, and like um, some of it lacks the same the heart and the same feeling. I mean, it's like it's catchy. They they catchy, but I don't know that a lot of these songs that we'll be singing them ten years from now. I mean, there are nuggets that are coming out. So you can't, you can't, you know, it's not all, but the majority of it, a lot of times, I hate to say it, but I, I kind of agree because it's like, um, it, it lacks the heart, you know, yeah. um, like, like forever, my lady, that's something that's always going to be good. Uh, baby, just, I mean, baby, won't you just stay, you mm -hmm. know, I'm so into you, um, SWB. And that's some, I think that's the, like, that tail end of like that good R&B. You know what I'm saying? And not to diss a whole era because that's not what I'm trying to do. And um, I'm sure maybe later we'll recognize that, okay, it was something to it. Mm -hmm. But um, because, you know, like a lot of people thought hip hop wasn't going to be around forever yeah. you know, and different things. So so I'm careful to speak about it, but I, I do understand what some people are saying. And I and even even with that, the things that people said about hip hop and certain types of R and B, there was some of it that was that lacked, that lacked it. So, and those are the ones that fell by the wayside. So, I think the ones that are gonna that uh, the cream will rise to the top. So, I think there are there are some R and B artists out there that are killing, like um, her. Uh, you know, several. She she has good songwriting, um, um, and, and she still makes it palatable and right in line with what's happening now. So I think there's still some there, but overall, I think it's, you know, it's, it's lacking some of the heart that it used to have. That's, that's my honest opinion. And like I said, that's one of the things that led me over here. I, I didn't want to do that. And I wanted to um, uh, do some music that was, that has some different chords and, 
And mm -hmm. it, like, because there was, there was one era where it was just like, like everything was just a repetitive, repetitive monotone kind of thing. And that was, it was hits, but I yeah. wouldn't have wanted to sing that song every day, even if it was a hit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my opinion. That's my real opinion. I appreciate that answer because every time I have asked in the past, I get, you know, different answers. But I know just from the era I grew up in when R&B was heavy, you know, baby face, like you mentioned, Jodeci, I'll be sure, you know, Luther, that was heavy R&B. And it was just, that was what we grew up on hearing those love songs, the hooks, the bridges. It's just, it's, it's yeah. to me personally, it's not the same anymore. Like I said, I've gotten a different different range of answers you know but just from my perspective I, I don't think it's the same by no means I think it's refreshing like you know like you said like you mentioned her or Silk Sonic people like that because I feel like they're bringing it back so that's why I think people that have an ear for music can appreciate them a little more because it's like okay this is what we used to and here's the thing the, even the people that don't know that they can appreciate that type of thing when they hear it they love it but like it's like you know you've been spoon fed like this this microwave thing that's like okay this works or this is what's hot now so keep doing that keep doing that keep doing it and everybody starts to copy it and copy it and copy it and um so that's what everybody thinks they have to do until you got a silk sonic or a her that you can tell they are paying homage to the songs back in the day and not just ripping them they are re they're creating things that feel good that reminds you of it instead of just ripping an old hook and singing some redundant stuff up under it and it's only winning because we remember that but mm -hmm. you know that's, you know anyway are you ready to join the new workforce solution currently many people are working from home right now during the pandemic and also the recession many americans are finding flexible ways to earn a living and support their family on their terms. Many name brand companies utilize customer service in order to thrive. Little did you know that a lot of those agents are sitting at home, just like you. Contact FlexPro today and learn more on how you can make money, earn a living, have flexibility, more time with your family, on your own terms. You know, anyway. Right. <laughs> so who are some of the artists that you've worked with and who are also some that's on your list that on your wish list that you like to work with in the future and how has your experiences been? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, like I said, I came up, you know, with the likes of the Outcasts and Goody Mob sang on um my group sang on a lot of those records. And a lot of old, like I I, I went back down memory lane, um, a lot of stuff, just Atlanta history, like big records that were that Atlanta classics mm -hmm. and, and other things but J jimmy jam and terry lewis um uh let me see i'm drawing a blank on the people i've worked with mm -hmm. uh, work with uh what tyler is that's not music um as far as music 
I'm sorry. You have worked with Tyler Perry, right? Yes, yes. I did a lot okay. of a lot of work over there. That's uh that's acting now, you know, as far yeah. as me. I'm just drawing a blank. Um yeah, outcast, goody. Um, let's see, Jamie Lewis Pebbles. I was signed to her label, so Pebbles, Sherelle. Um, Some more R and B hitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that, I was doing a lot of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, session work as well. Um, that's been great. I guess some of the people I would love to work with. Um, right now in jazz, I love Diana Krall. I love. Uh, Jasmine Horn, she's a great mm -hmm. vocalist. Uh, and I like this new girl, um, Samara Joy. She's got okay. a beautiful, beautiful voice. Um, and I, I like how she's, uh, you, you know, you just feel like you go you go back in time when you close your eyes and listen to her. And um, wow. you can tell she's been studying it, studying it and it's just in her. Mm -hmm. uh, Shoot, man, while Quincy is here, I would love to work with Quincy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's getting older, Turby Hancock. I mean, you know, I got a, a wish list for days of the people yeah. I work with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so I hope that gives you a little bit, a little oh, yeah. inside my brain. Yeah, definitely. So one thing I read about you is that it was described as the, you're the new hip-hop jazz whisperer. Right. So like also with your music you want to educate people you're on a mission to, to to lure young generations into jazz so again like we just had the conversation about R&B I think jazz is a genre that still has a wide open door for more people to learn more about it Absolutely. so what's your perspective on that and just getting more people to listen to a genre that's been here for decades and that's strong you know because I just think sometimes right now Everyone's listening to the same thing. They listen to these radio hits and not educating themselves on different genres of music. So what's, how describe your mission to lure more generations into jazz. Yeah, I think it's just, um, it was like, it, it has been a, tr uh, a truly organic um, evolution and process for that. It's like, I started doing it like off, off of what we talked about. I really always had a love for it. Then I found myself at this place where I didn't want to do the music that everybody had known me for and, and that I had opportunities in. It's like I, I just didn't want to do it how they wanted me to do it. And I liked this. Uh, so and as I started doing it, I was so different from what you would typically see in jazz. When I first said I wanted to do jazz, um, I know people didn't think that I was going to do the more classic style jazz. They probably thought I was gonna do the smooth jazz, which I love too, but this is the take I wanted to do, like a, like a flashback to like the Nat King Coles. Mm. And where you hear those influences, not a rip, but you hear that I'm influenced by it. And I know that um, I don't look like the typical uh, jazz artist. Uh, many, many cats that are coming out now uh, have a different look and different things, but a lot of times their music kind of matches that but I have, like on my first record, definitely, it was more of a classic sound. But then if you see me, you can see like, you see, that's not the typical jazz cat. You know what I mean? Um, and then, so then I started to realize that it was, um, it was kind of working for me. You know, my influences, uh, the way I wrote some of the tunes that I did write, 
and and I guess my delivery on songs that were classics, I, I would start hearing from people, oh, I didn't think I liked jazz, but I like this. So after me paying attention to that and um, and knowing and already knowing the differences, um, the things that made me different, mm -hmm. uh, the, the oddball in that in, in the club, uh, I was like, maybe this is something that can um can get more people in because you know for a long time, like people were saying this music is old and 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 the sales like there was a day where this was the pop music of the time that's yeah. been a long time but um hopefully that can happen again you know mm -hmm. what i mean just what maybe 15 15 20 years ago there was a point in time where the radio you would hear al Jarreau along with shaka khan and stevie you would hear one of his records but it was jazz nonetheless natalie cole the whole nine um and um so now, hopefully, I can help. Like, I, maybe I look like somebody that uh, these kids can relate to more. Because a lot of times, the jazz stuff, like, cats were so much older, or they just figured, like, I, I, I wouldn't listen to that. You know, they don't look like me. They don't look like anything I want to listen to. So hopefully, I can get somebody to just check it out just off of that alone, or maybe hearing something and hearing that, oh, dang, that's cool. Oh, that's jazz. Oh, I like that. You know what I mean? And um, and if you get them in, then they started getting um educated to different genres of music, which will then inform the other thing, inform and influence any other style. You know what right. I mean? Um, even because it's not not jumping off anything, like hip hop is great, I love it, RB is great, all of that. But if you can pull from all the different genres, it just makes all of your music that much better. So that's one of my missions. And you know, when you start, and, and jazz is a jazz is an intelligent type of music. You know what I'm saying? Like the it's a more serious thing, especially when you're digging into the straight ahead stuff. So if you and a lot of times if you can play jazz, you can do you can do so many other things. You, right. you can't necessarily say that about some genres going to the other. And that's not chumping anything, it's just the truth. Like these cats that have gone to school and really learned these things, they're so super educated. You know what I mean? So um, hopefully we can get kids to see, you, you know, just the younger generation that it's not corny, it's not old, you know, um, like, and because there are lots of cool cats doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's maybe like a lack of musicianship, like as far as people playing instruments and things in music. And there may be like a unique question since obviously with your upbringing, that was common for you. But do you think just now there's not too many people that are, I guess maybe more of an encouragement to get people to play instruments as a whole? I think it's, a, um, I mean, I, I won't say that there's a lack of it because I think there are lots of cats that are playing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and I don't, and I like, um, I, I produce, so I, I like um, synthesize things and program stuff. I appreciate it just as well. Like a lot of the music that we were talking about was programmed. It was just the chords and the way they were writing them. The structure of the song was different. How, you know, so it was still programmed nonetheless. And so, and you have to have ability to, to do that. But, um, but encouraging people to learn instruments and, and know their craft, that is dope because it just makes you that much better. I wish I had taken piano lessons back in the day. Um, I, stronger at what I do so I guess um yeah 
I hope, you know, just encouraging kids to do all of that, not just kids, any musician, you know, right. maximize your, your, um, your abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and over here in jazz, like it's like it's serious over here. I like that's one of the reasons I like it over here because it's so challenging. I have so much to learn. I mean, you would have anything, so much to learn in anything because we never stop learning. But I, I definitely know over here, it's like okay, I want to keep up. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So mm-hmm. and I enjoy that challenge. And I want to talk about your recordings. I know your sophomore recording is entitled Legacy, correct? Um, can we talk hear some more about your albums and what's what was the experience with your new recording and what would you like to accomplish with this new recording? Well, uh, the new record Legacy um, is, um, it was dedicated to my mom. First, I lost my mom in 2018 to colon cancer. Originally, it was dedicated to her, but then it was several other people. I lost my grandma shortly after that. Uh, one of my great influences and mentor, Mr. Freddie Cole, uh, mm-hmm. actually the brother of Nat King Cole, but he was mm-hmm. a, he's a legend in his own right. Um, mm-hmm. So it was dedicated to, to, to the three of them and also my pop. But um, um, it's, you know, it's a true labor of love. I'm kind of trying to expand a little bit on this one. The first record, I was, um, I definitely wanted to be true to more, a, a more traditional style because I want, you know, I'm new over here in jazz. So I wanted the jazz musicians in the jazz community to take me seriously. Um, and I had to figure out how to start implementing my other influences into it without, um, without uh, messing up the integrity of the music, I guess. And I guess that's subjective because, you know, that's, a, that's an opinion-based thing. But, I, but for me, I definitely want to figure out a way to do it where cats wouldn't look at it like, oh, okay, that's cute. You know what I mean? Because that happens. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want that to happen. And I think um, just after doing my first record and recording and then starting to perform and perform, I started figuring out, I started growing and I'm paying attention to what, what people would, uh, what would get the energy from the people when I would do some more of the, the R&B things, like they would like it, but I, I started figuring out how to do it and still keep it in the, you know, in the spectrum of what I, uh, the, the presentation of jazz that I'm trying to do. So mm-hmm. I think you're hearing that more on this record. Um, the, the recording process was great. I got some, some great cats that I'm around. The trio is uh, Henry Conaway III on drums, Kevin Smith on upright bass, uh, and Kenny Banks Jr. on piano. That's the basic trio. I play drums on one tune. And then we have Rafa Pierre on percussion on uh, this bossa nova tune called uh, Rendezvous. Mm-hmm. And then Derek Scott on guitar. Got a horn section that plays on everything. Uh, my, my boys, uh, the Good Times Brass Band. It's headed up by, uh, uh, it's, it's Melvin Jones on trumpet, Mike Burton on saxophone, Wilbert Williams on trombone, and Jamel Mitchell on, uh, on second saxophone. The horn arrangements were done by uh, Melvin Jones. And then I got strings on two songs that were arranged by Miss Cheryl Rogers. And um, the quartet that did them was the David Davidson Quartet out of uh, 
out of t- Nashville, out of mm-hmm. Nashville. So, um, you know, we had a lot of fun doing it. Got some original songs, got some some standards, and 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 also took like some songs like "Can't Can't Hide Love" and and did a jazz rendition of it. So, um, I had a lot of fun with it, and people seem to like it. And we're trying to, and what I would like to see happen with the record is it become uh, becomes a like a major hit, and uh, just with some of the songs like "Can't Hide Love" and and I did "Love and Happiness," you know, cats that may not be totally into jazz recognize those songs and then they hear it in this jazz way and they're like oh i, I, I dig that mm. well big jazz you know <laughs> you know so that's what i like to see man i like to get awards and, and the whole nine that's all of us though awesome. So I want to dive a little off topic for a little bit. One thing I did read about you is that you're a conscious artist who also stresses optimal health. So I know you just mentioned having some loved ones who have passed on with cancer. So what is your platform regarding optimal health and just taking care of ourselves? Yeah. Um, You know, I've always tried to take care of myself. My mom, that's who I lost. Um, My mom. Would, would work out and she was diligent. She was been a vegan. Well, she was vegan for many years. And then, then she went back to being a pescatarian because she just needed some protein. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, uh, coming up, I watched her work out. I would work out. I run, you know, six days a week. I try to run. I want to keep myself in shape, you know, um, one, not just from an aesthetic point, but, you know, taking care of my body, the things I'm putting into it. And um, even if I were relaxed about that before, definitely after losing my mother uh, to colon cancer, you know, it kind of wakes you up. And my mom really tried to take the best care of herself that she could. Um, And we still have things happen. When when, um, she was diagnosed with with cancer, it was stage four. We didn't even know. Uh, So, uh, of course, there's a light a fire up under me to make sure that I know that I'm good so that you can be in front of it. If we had known about it earlier, there may have been something that, that could have been done. So um, I would encourage, you know, anyone to do those things, especially if, if there's something in your family, you know, your family history, you want to jump on it as fast as possible. And a lot of times uh, I know men in general, don't like to go get, um, go to the doctor and especially black men, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Black folks in general, we don't, you know, go to the doctor as often as we should. I know I've been guilty of it and, um, mm-hmm. change those things. And, um, you know, like there's nothing realer than someone you love dying and it'll open your eyes and make you start to, uh, reassess everything and, um, and try to take the measures to do better. You know, I know she would have if she if she could have. You know. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm sorry to hear that. That's all right. It's a part. I mean, it's a part of life. You know. Yeah. 
But I do like that, you know, you're spreading that to other people because you're right in that community. There's so many things about going to the doctor or taking care of yourself or sometimes we just don't trust the doctor or we just don't know sometimes, you know, like we don't know any better, you know, but when you know better, you do better and hopefully it can save some more lives. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask you about and this kind of partners with self-care. I do also talk about self-love on my platform. Self-love is just, I just feel it's the fuel to follow our dreams, to pursue different projects, you know, just like you're doing jazz, you know, you're not following the same scope as everybody else to be unique and to just stand out. So what is your take on self-love? I know we did talk about taking care of our physical health, but just our internal health. What is your take on self-love? How do you define it? And what role has self-love played in your life? Okay, let me make sure I'm, I'm clear. Like when you say mm-hmm. my take on self-love, like mm-hmm. give um give me give 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 that to me one more time so I can make sure I'm answering correctly. Please. Okay. Well, how do you define it? Because I feel like everyone has different definitions of what they may feel self-love is. So what's your personal definition of self-love and what role has it played in your life? Yeah, okay, I got you. Um, you know, self how I would define self-love is like um it's really just being confident and um content with who you are mm. you know what i mean um if there are things about yourself that you see you need to change or that that could that could use some um refining try to work on those things you know what i mean so that you know when you look in the mirror you're happy with who you see um not just from an aesthetic place but you can you know treat people uh in a way that you can know that they're feeling good about you um you know because some, sometimes people can take the self-love so far where it's like i love me and i'm not worried about anybody else um right, right. so i think it's i think it's like both like i i, I love myself i'm i'm thankful to god for how he made me, who he made me. There's some things I wish that were different about me, um, as I think all of us do. But um, the things that I I have and the, the who I am, I'm thankful for it. Um, I just, because I, I think that's the main thing, being grateful for who you are, for, for whatever abilities you have, whatever, you know. Um, and I focus on those things rather than the things, I mean, rather than the things I don't have, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and then I try to handle myself in a way, and I mean, of course, this is a process I'm, I've grown over years. It may not have been the way I've always thought, but I'd like to carry myself in a way where people have good things to say about me. All mm-hmm. of that, I mean, I know that's external, but I think that's a part of self-love because if you love yourself, then you'll try to love people the way you want to be loved. Yeah. So, yeah, um, really just appreciating who you are and, um, and being happy with oneself. And if, you, if there are things that you have to work on to get that, like giving, like first admitting that to yourself and then starting to work on those things so that you can feel good, you know, so that you can rest in who you are and, um, and, and be confident and go forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Definitely. 
this has been a great conversation. Before we end everything, tell everybody what's next for you. What is next with Legacy? And what should we expect to see? How can we connect with you? What's next for you? Yes. Okay. So what's next? Lots of shows. So stay tuned with me. Please follow me on um, on my social uh, media. Uh, I have an Instagram. It's at T-H-E Tony Hightower. At the Tony Hightower on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, I'm just Tony Hightower. You can actually go to my website, www.thetonyhightower.com. Um, and with Legacy, you can just expect me to keep pushing this. Um, we got more. I'm, I'm actually getting ready to uh, do a Christmas EP. Got a photo shoot for that coming up. And I'm finishing that, so I have some music coming out on Christmas. Um, and, yeah, man, stay tuned for, for the shows. And we're going to do lots of stuff, so... That's what we do. Hopefully you'll see us at some award shows, on some television shows, the whole night. Awesome. Thank you so much for this interview. I really appreciate it. And I, I normally end everything telling everybody how they can connect, but you already told us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll definitely follow you as well. And this has been a great conversation. I just appreciate just seeing someone opening eyes to something different because like I said I love music I grew up when R&B was heavy so it's refreshing just to hear about something different because I personally think R&B is different I know some people don't like to say it's dying some people say it is so like I said that's a huge conversation but it's great to even though you know we can go back and forth in that debate there's other avenues that we can listen to you know so that's great to just introduce a different genre that has been here for a long time oh, yes. for the longest so it's just great to see a new refreshing sound that you're putting on it so it's great thank you thank you oh, can i do one more plug i forgot yes, so if you haven't gotten your copy of legacy it's not too, it's not too late you can do it today it's available on all digital platforms and it's available on my website as well. Again, that's www.thetonyhightower.com. You can get it right there. You can go on iTunes, Spotify, all of it. It's got some stuff on there. You, I promise you, you will dig it. So um, I'd love for you to check it out. You know, and then once you dig it, tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we make the world go now, baby. Find your peace. The holiday season is here. Get excited. During the holiday season, we often stress ourselves out, become depleted, and forget about our health and well-being, all in the name of giving. To ensure that you maintain your self-care routine and stay connected to who you are during the holidays, here are three ways to maintain your self-love practice. Step one. 
Meditate in the car while on your way to purchase gifts for loved ones by being mindful of your thoughts and emotions. Step two, practice gratitude after purchasing a gift by being grateful for having the resources to purchase the gift and showing gratitude that you have the ability to bring a smile to the face of the receiver of your gift. Step three, affirm yourself. Take the time out to state self-love affirmations such as, I am loved. I am worthy of the same love I give to others, or I surround myself with those I love and those who love me. Did you know that one of the best compliments to receive from someone is, I love your energy. If you want to exude a loving and nurturing energy and feel good throughout the holiday season, gift yourself or a loved one with a self-love guide sponsored by Community Yoga. Self-love is the best love. You must love yourself first before you can love anyone else. Purchase yourself love guide today. If you're in the community and in the Atlanta area on November 13th at 12 p.m., grab your girls for a nice relaxing Sunday and join Community Yoga for an Embracing Sisterhood Self-Care Wellness Yoga Workshop. We will discuss what it truly means to love that self with an open group discussion Experience an ancient Egyptian yoga flow accompanied with a gemstone oil essence to enhance your yoga experience. You'll have the opportunity to shop self-care beauty products from Essence Tree Life and enjoy light refreshments. This is an event you don't want to miss. Community Yoga is an ancient Egyptian holistic health company focuses on bringing your mind, body, and spirit into alignment one breath at a time. Email us at community.yoga at gmail.com for your health and wellness needs today. Community Yoga, where we redefine what it truly means to be healthy and well in a society that wants to keep you sick.